Hi, I'm Hannah, team manager with the Orange Arrow Players Association, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field. Please consider making a play by giving, posting a friend raiser, subscribing to our podcast and YouTube channel, and staying connected on social media at Orange Arrow PA. Visit orangearrow.org for more information. Thank you for listening. Take aim. Welcome to Inside the Play Call with Orange Arrow. And I'm your host, Sean Robinson. And today we have a very, very special guest, my guy, Nathan Bosri. What up, boss? How are you, man? Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me on. It's an extraordinary honor. It's always good to see you, man. Appreciate you making time. Appreciate you making time. So, as a former athlete, you understand the importance of warming up and stretching, right? That's right. Yes, sir. First one. If you could only listen to one musical artist for 30 days straight, their entire catalog, who are you selecting? Yeah, I think it's Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Bob Seger's a Michigan artist, came from Ann Arbor. I think one of his songs, Main Street, is about Ann Arbor. I thought about this recently because I know you, it seems like you do some of the same warm-ups with different guests. I was listening to what Dantes Ford's music suggestions were, what you'd pick. I think um, I think it'd be tough to listen to Bob Seger for an entire month, but some of the other ones that crossed my mind were Kanye West, hey, maybe some Taylor Swift. So wide, I, I enjoy a wide array of music for sure. Um, that's a tough one. Dig it, dig it. And so, yeah, so we talked about this offline, how you listen to the podcast, appreciate the support. The question I just asked you is my absolute favorite icebreaker. Not only do I, I ask that question every single podcast episode, once we started asking ice, the icebreaker questions, but also ask, ask them in meetings. And it's really cool because I believe it gives an insight to, to the person I'm interacting with. And you could tell a lot about the uh, uh, individual based upon their uh, music selection, at least from my vantage point. Yeah, it makes it makes it more personal for sure. Definitely, so. definitely. And so, if you had to be on a reality show, you just had to be on a reality show. What show would you be on? It it could be HBO actually Hard- still on air or off air. How about HBO Hard Knocks? I mean, I'm I'm playing in the NFL, or at least I have a shot in the league. That would be dope. I don't know if there's another reality show that I'd want to be on. HBO Hard Knocks for sure. I like that. You know what? I feel like one other person said that before. That's a really good answer. That's a really good answer. I'm with that. Dad, do you have a favorite uh, team that was on Hard Knocks or at least a a favorite season? Yeah, good question. I've never watched the show start to finish any particular season. Yeah. I didn't grow up with HBO. I didn't grow up with tv or, or cable tv but <clears throat> i did pay attention to when the dallas cowboys were on there you remember yeah. ben DiNucci, pittsburgh quarterback he totally. was playing for the cowboys that season yeah, he got that was a few years ago yeah yeah and he um <clears throat> so that's that's why it's top of mind because of his experience there and i think in fact he has a apparel business today it's called true brand they they flipped dallas upside down and um, he's doing a great job with that, but he wore his cap on HBO Hard Knocks the entire season, and the brand took off because he's he's wearing it constantly in front of the cameras. Wise move, wise move. Shout out to Ben. Uh, since you brought up the Cowboys, 
Got to shout out Justin Rudd. Justin Rudd is part of the uh, the staff there. He's actually a, a board member, OA board member. And then also, let's give a shout out to uh, former teammate Scott McKellop, who is the uh, linebackers coach. So shout out to the Cowboys. We, we won't get too much into the uh, the season, um, but uh, but I actually got love for the Cowboys. I definitely got love for the Cowboys. So last one, and this could be interesting because based upon the statement you just made, What's your favorite TV show of all time? You just made a statement that you didn't grow up watching TV. So do you have a favorite TV show of all time? I, d- I didn't grow up watching TV. I didn't grow up with cable. I think my favorite TV show of all time, perhaps the Gilmore Girls. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Netflix. So I, I watched that start to finish maybe two years ago. I would put it on next to my computer while I was working some late nights and it was something motivating I think kept me kept me going and then on the opposite end of the spectrum is the Sopranos so I think there's quite a quite a difference in those two TV shows but I enjoy both ones for different reasons that's awesome and so you started to go down this path a little bit so I'm gonna throw it to you talk to us about early beginnings hometown family introduction to sports take away a little bit yeah appreciate it I grew up in a small rural community just outside of Ann Arbor so about 20 minutes from the big house. My dad was a graduate assistant football coach at Ann Arbor, ended his career there, decided to buy an apple orchard. <clears throat> so I grew up on that apple orchard. My parents today, they, they have a fall store where they sell cider, apples, donuts, about eight to 10 weeks during the year. They host some weddings, some events there, and some refurbished barns. Wow. Um, okay, I got to interrupt you. Because you I, I got to interrupt you because you're saying some really good stuff here because knowing, knowing you – it it starts to already have a more clear picture for me as far as entrepreneurship, business. You've been exposed to it when you were young. But then the other piece is you grew up outside of Ann Arbor. So are you go blue? <laughs> I'm I'm go blue. I'm supportive of the people who've been so supportive of me throughout my life. Man, you're a little hesitant with that, man. <laughs> I, I'm not rooting for Michigan each and every day. I would say in the national championship, I rooted for Michigan. Um, okay. I have some buddies that I played for the University of Michigan, so I'm happy to see their success for sure. But I think as a kid, I grew up rooting against the Wolverines. I was the, the guy that wanted to be different than all of his peers. My That's dad fair. wasn't coaching there anymore, and I rooted for Wisconsin Badgers. We had a kid that um, graduated from my high school, Manchester High School. There was 80 kids in my class, and I, I transferred, ended up transferring my junior year. But um, from Manchester, it was him. I went to the Badgers probably in the – early 2000s, 2005. His name was Nick Davis. And then me later on, that went to Pitt in 2015. So um, rooted for the Badgers. Got you. Fair enough. All right, go back, go back, go back to uh, the early beginnings. Yeah, just I grew up on the farm, went to a small school for a long time. Like I said, there were about 80 kids in my class, very much an all-white community, wasn't exposed to um, diverse viewpoints, the outside world. And I think it's fitting for our conversation today in the Orange Arrow platform in general is the the bridge that sports provides into different backgrounds, into an understanding of, of different people that we live life. Um, so I was early on, I, football, basketball, baseball, soccer. I think I played every sport growing up. So I started to get into high school. I continued with basketball. I played baseball my senior year, but I also <clears> – <throat> jumped into some seven on seven programs outside of Metro Detroit or in Metro Detroit. Um, we traveled around, went to Florida, we went to Dallas, 
uh, some big name guys. There's Jordan Lewis on a team called Max X. Um, Shane Morris was a quarterback there that went to Michigan for a while and then went to Central Michigan, jumped on a team outside of Chicago called Core Six. Had a receiver there named Laquan Treadwell, who was drafted by the Vikings for a while. So I was able to throw him passes. Um, but small community growing up, world of sports, I guess, expanded my horizons a ton. Um, out of high school, I went to the Air Force Academy. I spent about a year, year and a half there. So I'm going to jump in again. I'm going to jump in because I do want to yeah. dig into that. So growing up, what were some of your favorite athletes? And you were playing multiple sports. Yeah, I remember reading a book when I was younger. It's called Never Die Easy by Walter Payton, who ended up losing his life to cancer, I believe. Yeah. But just about how he lived each and every day, um, his mindset and wake up and how he'd get work done, how he'd approach training and getting better. Um, so I really enjoyed <clears> – <throat> I know he wasn't playing during my time, um, but I think he was a, a foundational figure in my life in the world of sports. I also think Lou Holtz from the – from Notre Dame, my dad coached with him, eighty-eight national championships. So I read a few of his books. Oh wow! With uh, with uh, the Rocket, yeah, Ishmael. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So I was a huge Walter Payton fan, and also a Rocket Ishmael fan as well. Man, I was. Whew, I used to rock with Notre Dame back then. So your dad coached with uh, with Holtz. Yeah, he was a graduate assistant, and actually Joe Moore was there too, the legendary Pitt offensive line coach so there's some connections to the Moore family and I'd say finally from a, a world of sports or athletes who I was interested in John Wooden UCLA basketball coach I uh, read a little bit about him but I think from a modern day guys that are seen compete on the field I'd point to a, a Tom Brady <clears throat> I, I'd point to a, perhaps a Ben Roethlisberger I was a quarterback growing up right so I'd watch yeah. all the quarterbacks all the big name quarterbacks. I'd say those are the those are the key guys. All right. So take us after after high school. Yeah, after high school, I wanted to play ball in college and been a dream of mine for a long, long time. Perhaps it stemmed from my old man and his experience in college sports. And he played at Michigan State University. But my my offers or my options were really some top tier academic schools that are in the division three, uh, division two, and then some Mac schools, mid-American conference, and then a couple bigger, I think more um, academic rigorous programs, division one, like the Air Force Academy. So I knew I wanted to get a great education. I knew I wanted to play ball at a high level. And beyond that, I wasn't necessarily thinking about the next step and going to play professional ball at all. Um, <clears throat> went to the Air Force Academy, had a great experience. I learned a ton, met a ton of great mentors, was challenged on and off the field like I was going into, went through basic training, went through survival training, played a season there. And actually, Air Force recruits uh, 50 to 75 kids in a class because there's so much attrition between year one and year four. And so they field a junior varsity team. So I took some snaps there at tight end about halfway through the season. They flipped me back to quarterback bunch of the quarterbacks were hurt. A bunch of the, the varsity squad quarterbacks were hurt. They needed somebody to run point on their scout team. So I got a little bit of taste of playing quarterback again, which I felt was my natural position. And I thought I could go play at another school. Now Pitt had, I wouldn't say they recruited me in high school. I went to a couple camps and did well. And there was a 
a walk-on opportunity on the table. So I called them up when I was leaving and asked them if that, if I could still come walk on, come try out to the, on the squad. And uh, during that time, it was right when coach Chris was leaving. So I came in when Narduzzi came in the January of 2015. I like to say I was coaching Narduzzi's first recruit. He wouldn't tell you that, but um, I did join right when uh, coach Narduzzi joined in 15. And so you left Air Force. That was after your freshman year? Yep. After the freshman year, I went. It takes a while to process and get out of the Air Force just from compliance standpoint, uh, because you're actually in the military. So I had to wait a month, maybe a month and a half, two months into that fall semester before I could leave. So by the time I left, we were mid-season, mid-football season, and then uh, jumped to Pitt in the winter of January 2015. How do you feel about that decision, looking back on it now? Great. I, I don't think I've ever regretted for a second. Like I said, I think back to my experience at the Air Force Academy and all that I've learned, um, particularly around discipline, particularly working in intense situations with a team and being productive in that environment. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm thankful I had that experience. I think what pushed me away in addition to wanting a different football experience in college was the, the Air Force Academy. You can graduate top of your class. You can... <clears throat> do great in school. You can do great in what they graded you from a military standpoint, from an athletic standpoint, but come graduation day, you're a second Lieutenant along with everybody else in your class, the same pay scale, same title, sometimes the same position. So it didn't jive with me. I, I really busted my hump in the classroom and did well there. And I just wanted a bit more flexibility when I was graduating school and, and what I could do. So I jumped into finance and I don't know if that's, that's our next uh, path we're going into, but I was, I was fortunate when I, between my junior and my senior year at Pitt, I took a, I took an internship. So I missed summer ball and you know how important summer ball is, right? And I was coming in as the starting long snapper at Pitt that next year. And eventually it took the second practice Cal I might as beat me out and never missed a beat for, for five years straight. But <clears throat> I went to New York to work for a group called Lazard. So Lazard's a global investment bank. Uh, essentially what they're doing is M&A advisory. They're advising one company on its sale to another company or another group of investors. So <clears throat> did that to my junior and my senior year. I got a full-time offer to come back, spent a couple of years in New York and then past three years I moved out to Minneapolis and I just got back to New York very nice so when did you become interested in the finance industry was it something when you were younger or was it something that pivotal happened at um, later in your life no I had a great economics teacher in high school kind of pushed me to again broaden my horizons outside of the world of sports and I think he was the the motivating factor. I, I think Wall Street or, or finance in general is a great way to change your, your living situation, put yourself and your family in a different socioeconomic status. I also think from a <clears throat> enjoyment standpoint, you get to see a lot. My job, I sit down with the CEO and CFOs of 
500 to a billion dollar companies, right? And there's not many folks that can say that a year into their job, two years into their job. And then in addition to doing that, you, you do it for a bunch of different companies that are looking at this strategic event that they need some advisory for. So it's a great way to see kind of a mile wide and an inch deep. I don't know if an inch deep is a good thing, but do get to see a lot, which keeps you on your toes and kind of keeps the job interesting. I would love to hear you speak to how seeing, and, and I'm assuming even being part of your family business, how has that shaped you um, in your professional career? Because that's something that as a new uh, father, that's important to me. Now, I'm a social entrepreneur, but even though my son is not even two yet, I still speak with him about marketing ideas, uh, strategy, things of that nature. So, so can you speak to that a little bit, how that influenced you? Yeah, I think at the core to the entrepreneurial mindset is doing whatever it takes to get it done, right? And I've seen my parents struggle through some really low lows and experience some, some high highs and some really good times, but every day they're waking up and they're figuring out how to push the ball forward and how to get it done. Um, now, I don't know if you call that scrappiness. I don't know if you call it resourcefulness, but those were some things that maybe I carried forward and even my career is a walk on playing football, right? It's, you got to walk onto the field and figure out a way to get it done so you can get on that 72 man travel roster, right? And, and then bringing that into my professional career, it's getting the job done, getting the job at a high, getting the job done at a high level and having expectations of myself to do that. So I think the entrepreneurial mindset of my family helped contribute to that, certainly. You mentioned walking on at Pitt. And so we think about your time at Pitt. What are yeah. some of your fondest memories? Virginia Tech. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, was, I wasn't even going to say Virginia Tech. You got to speak about it, though, but go ahead. Go ahead. You talk yeah, about the final memories, and then you can talk about Vitek. Go ahead. I, I mean, I'm sure you have folks come on here and talk about the locker room and how fun the locker room was to them, right? The just the banter going back and forth, the supporting guys when they needed support. Um, kind of just being a team, you know? miss miss some of those things there's there's nothing like it even when you get into um sorry man you you had me reflecting on some stuff but when you get into corporate it's, it's just not the same feeling at all right. going to battle and putting your hand in the dirt with guys that you bust your hump with all summer i think those were my favorite times i think um some of our team meetings or team meals before dinners on Friday nights where guys are saying jokes and they're getting the, they're getting the coach to, to join in or they're saying some, something crazy to see what the coach's reaction would be. Um, I enjoyed all of our bowl trips together. Um, I enjoyed just waking up and getting to work and, and the routine that was built around the team rather than yourself. And it's another big difference. You get into corporate and regardless of whether you're, you're with the team or, or not like that routine of, of waking up and, getting your work done and getting the training you need done and the responsibility very much falls on you. And I'd say, Hey, it's the same with football, but the, that routine is built around the individual rather than the team. Um, so I missed that a lot. And you mentioned Virginia tech. It was a culmination of many, many years, right? I played ball for five years in college and my last two years, I got a little bit of burn on some special teams. I played on kickoff return my junior year, my first 
my first snap, my first collegiate snap was against Villanova. It was a kickoff return in the second half. Quadri Henderson returned for a touchdown. And my last snap was a touchdown as well against Virginia Tech. So 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 basically, basically you said you should have had more snaps. <laughs> yeah. That's right. that's right. Hey, hey, we should have they should have gave you more snaps. Go ahead, continue though. Yeah, that's super dope. Yeah, they uh my against Virginia Tech, we put in a a trick field goal, a swinging gate field goal. We had it in for multiple weeks and we practiced it every week during practice. And I thought we were going to run it against North Carolina on a Thursday night game, national television. I was getting pretty excited and <clears throat> we ended up not running there. We ran against Virginia, but interestingly enough, my route, I was a long snapper. I was eligible. I was on the end of the line, um, snapped it to a <clears throat> uh, running back who, flipped it to Ryan Winslow who was the holder who was on the other side of the formation at the time. And then threw a little rope to me down the middle of the field for a touchdown, 15 yards. I was supposed to run a corner route. And when I saw the middle of the field open, I, I made a very unathletic full 360 degree turn to, to come back into the middle of the field. And it was like Ryan and I were in sync with, with what was going on because I think I was turning before he was throwing it and he was throwing it there before I, before I started turning in his mind we were running that, that in practice and the specialist off at the end of the field while everybody else was doing team or something like that. And we were talking amongst ourselves and okay, if the middle of the field is open, just run straight down. I'm going to hit you in the middle of the field. Otherwise run your corner route. And we're doing this and coach Powell who just left Pitt was a great coach and great mentor. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys that have a ton of respect for him, but he comes running down the field, waddling down and yelling, running how I drew it up, running how I drew it up. So we ended up scoring, not necessarily how he drew it up, but it was awesome. My, my dad was in the stands against Virginia oh, wow. Tech in the trip. He, had, he didn't make many uh, away game trips. So, yeah, he came with the Virginia Tech crowd. Um, he told me he was celebrating there. Everybody else was was down. I was looking uh, – Anyway, yeah, it was a great moment. It was yeah, I, I don't awesome. call it my Rudy moment. Narduzzi likes to call it my Rudy moment. It's not a Rudy moment. Um I'm I'm a, a bit of a different personality than Rudy and I, I hopefully I was um a little bit more scrappy than 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 Rudy, a little bit contributor to the team differently than what Rudy might have. But I just remember watching that and celebrating. Uh because I was like that's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> and you became my guy because of our connection through OA. Do you remember how you found out about Orange Arrow? Yeah, it was through Pitt Life Skills, Penny Samaya. Shout out to Penny. Buddy of yours. Yeah. The administrator of the year, right? Ten year administrator of the year. Our guy, yes. Of the decade. Of the decade. Of the decade. Yes. Yep. Totally. I like to say I'm a gentleman of Pitt Life Skills. It was a great program from hey, how to how to dress in a suit, how to carry yourself in a dinner. Um, I think Penny's where I learned the the hand trick with your your bread and your drink on the, the B right and the D. Side. Yep, that's exactly where it is. That's yeah. where I learned it from too. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> told him I was looking to get involved with the community, and he suggested Orange Arrow, and that was many many years ago. Right, yeah. we were in the the boys club. I can't remember what was the area that we boys and girls club that. in Wilkinsburg. Wilkinsburg. That's yeah. right. And yeah, we used to go there. What'd you say? So I remember picking up pizza with Me you. Me too. Running, yeah, <laughs> running the, running the, the programming together and um, having a good time with the the boys that showed up, and then carrying that forward. I think 
the next couple of years while I was at Pitt, we started going to different schools and whether it's during lunchtime or after school programs. And you were showing me the picture of everybody in their, in their ties just before we started yeah, here. Classic. That, was a, that was a nice one. We did at a, I think a middle school. So it was middle school. Uh, was it? Dang, I don't know if it was, it wasn't Southbrook. I forgot what school, but it was a Pittsburgh public school. And uh, you showed them how to tie a tie that day. That's right. And yeah, that's, 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 that's one of our OA iconic, iconic photos there. And so when you think about your time with OA, I know you talked about the tie there. Anything else that comes to mind as far as uh, what you remember? We started talking about my experience in sports and how sports was a bridge to diverse viewpoints, different people. It was a tool to understand different people. And I think OA has emphasize that and further built upon that platform right so I think about some of the people my teammates who I don't necessarily who I didn't have close relationships with in the locker room but were Orange Arrow members and Orange Arrow volunteers and whether that's Dantes Ford whether that's Rafael Arujo Lopes so hearing those stories from those guys within the context of Orange Arrow has been <clears throat> inspiring and enlightening and um it's been another key facet that I've, that I've enjoyed right whether it's working with young kids or whether it's working with my peers that are from different walks so over the years you and i we've had the opportunity to have some really courageous conversations uh, especially when there has been uh, nationwide, uh, even internationally, issues around race and racism. Uh, you spoke about it earlier as far as your uh, early beginnings, your childhood, not really being diverse. So can you speak to your evolution, involvement in the, in this space as you've been exposed to more and then, then even even to the space where you even feel comfortable to have these type of courageous conversation with, with me as a Black man? Yeah. yeah, thank you, Sean. <clears throat> as an individual, as a person, I strive to treat others with dignity. And I think what allows us to treat other people with dignity, no matter the race, <clears throat> no matter the religion, et cetera, is our understanding, kind of our ability to, to empathize with those people. <clears throat> and the Orange Arrow platform has done broadly, and I continue to bring this up, is give me a better understanding of different walks of life. But then I think of you and I think of the work that you're doing and the dignity that you treat other people with, again, regardless of the race, regardless of the religion. We built a lot of trust based on that pillar, right? You and I, and it's been a long time. And so when I have, when I see certain things that, hey, I don't completely understand because I'm not the same skin color as you, right? So I'll, I'll never have the full understanding as you or as some of my other friends. But what's helpful is to, to call you up and to hear your thoughts, even if I disagree with them, perhaps, right? Because, again, it goes to a, a level of understanding. And I'll continue to say that the way that you've created the Orange Arrow platform and the way that you carry yourself and around others and treat them with dignity is um, – a strong pillar for trust and why I trust a guy like you to come back and, and have some of those conversations and 
be open. And I think with, with the understanding is the ability to like agree that, Hey, perhaps we have different backgrounds. Perhaps we, we see the world differently. Um, again, if we treat each other with dignity is, there's a lot I think we can get through. So. And I appreciate it. I appreciate your, um, your openness, your candor. And uh, I'm trying not to get e emotional because I have been really intentional about making a way, a place for a diverse group of people together to bring people, a diverse group of people together to, to build cross-cultural relationships. Uh, we're divided by so many different things and far too often young people are put into silos. Adults are in silos, right? They kind of keep with their crowd. And I don't think I've ever said this on a, on a podcast or on, on mic, but OA actually has suffered by taking that stance of bringing people together and having a diverse group of people that's part of OA because the funding is often set up for underserved youth, which is great. That needs to be completed. I mean, completely uh, funded and supported. Uh, but there's not too many organizations who are black led that is serving a, a diverse group of people, both at the college age and also at the uh, you know the middle school age. And I really believe that that that's part of the mission of OA. Don't do it for the money. Um, do it for the impact. And just hearing you share and in our in our in our relationship, just confirmation that, you know, a few years ago, that's the right decision, man. So I really appreciate you, man. And uh man, th thanks for thanks for rocking, man. Appreciate you being part of the OA family. Yeah, you've had a you've had a tremendous impact on me, Sean. So keep doing great work. Appreciate you. My God. As you know, with the mission of Orange Arrow being to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field, off the track, out of the pool wherever the playing arena may be. Why is it important for an athlete to be successful outside of their sport? Well, I think if, if you're striving for success everywhere in your life, you, you embody that, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's on the field, whether it's with your family. And I know hey, success looks a lot different for different folks and <clears throat> there's different levels of success and, for some of us, some things are easier than others. But if you're if you want to be a great athlete, I think just the same way that you train in the weight room is you have to train outside the field. And sometimes that's hey, social settings and how do we carry ourselves? Or sometimes that's <clears throat> educationally, whether it's history. I remember one of our first classes, we were doing um I'm going to butcher what exactly it was, but we were listening to music and it was artists that sampled other songs yes. like from, yes, from totally. way back in the day. And I remember listening to, um, I think it was a Kanye West song and he sampled blood on the leaves, right. Which is a very socially like relevant song for when it came out and the discussion that it kind of promoted. So um, those type of things, it's just, <laughs> if you want success on the field, if you're going to sprint through the end line when you're doing half gassers at the end of practice, like you're going to sprint through the end line in other areas. So. Awesome. Awesome. My guy, 
Lazary, man, I appreciate you, man. It's been great to get to know you, build our friendship, man. Talk about fatherhood and family together. I mean, it is really, it's really goes beyond, you know, I mean, sport with us, man. So I appreciate your continued support. Thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on, Sean. It's a blast. Yeah.